0: Welcome to Vibrant Visionaries, this is Heidi Bennett, and this is the gathering place for wonderful weirdos, quirky creatives, and all sorts of folks from the indie film world, uh, musicians, all sorts of creatives. And I have a really prolific, wonderful character actor on today. His name is Galen Howard. We actually come from around the same area. He grew up in Davis. I lived in Sacramento for about 20 years. Behind the scenes, we actually talked a little bit about the band. I used to be in the Dutch Falcone Orchestra, Dutch Valconi and his Twisted Orchestra, <laughs> and how Galen used to go see shows. So we were in the same rooms together here and there, but didn't really meet until recently. You may recognize Galen from The Book of Boba Fett, where he plays the city hall clerk. I'm a big fan of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and he plays in Fear and Loathing on the Planet of Kitson as the Grease Ball. So check that out if you haven't. That is one of my favorite episodes on one of my absolute favorite TV series. But He kind of pops up everywhere, and we talk a bit about identifying as a character actor. You may recognize him as being part of the Boyle clan on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and he's also been in a Bunch of music videos too. Check out his IMDb. It is really diverse and cool. And he's got a new movie called Moon Manor. We talk a little bit about that right at the end of the podcast. So enjoy the show. Hey, Galen, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Heidi. Yeah, it's so good to have you on. You're one of my early guests for season four of Vibrant Visionaries. And uh, I've really been enjoying being your Instagram buddy and watching <laughs> <laughs> watching all the different like projects that you've been involved in, some of them mm-hmm. really indie, a little bit of horror, a little bit of web content. And then Yeah. I remember seeing you on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Mm-hmm. And of course I this is, now I feel like I'm not a what was that? a <laughs> <laughs> saturday know, night yeah. live uh chris farley and remember when you did that i loved it when you did that <laughs> right, right yeah, yeah right right yeah. Yeah.
1: Remember, but, when, remember, remember when remember well, when well yes yeah, so i do remember i did that
0: yeah <laughs> right yeah you remember in uh, something wild when uh, melanie griffith had you handcuffed to the bed remember that yeah and You you had to make that phone call, remember? And you were chained to the thing, and you couldn't get away. Yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah.
2: (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs)
0: So, yeah, I don't need to tell you, but for listeners, but no, but you for, know. But for the listeners, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, it's really fun when somebody's on social media and really likes to share sort of what projects they're into, it, they're doing, and it just kind of pops up and, it, sure, it's promotional, but it's also just, like, kind of behind mm. the scenes. Like It feels like what I feel like social media is really... It's best is when we're all having conversations and sharing like creative, fun projects. And... I
1: completely agree. Yeah, I think it's it, it's so easy to for post to kind of get into like to come off as like boasting. And I consciously try to avoid that because it always rubs me the wrong way when I see that. And it kind of makes me feel kind of weird when I do it. So it's like when if whenever I make a post, it's always like, yeah, like what am I sharing with people like? oh, here's a moment, here's a thing, here's an insight, here's something that I can offer beyond just like talking about what I've done.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you used that word sharing. I actually wrote that on my dry erase board today, Mm -hmm. just kind of to re- mind myself it's like a kind of a mindset thing like put myself in the mind of being a sharer
1: if you're reminded of you know the audience and what you're giving to them and kind of what you're what you're how you're engaging them and kind of encouraging them to engage with you and you know and then it's not just a kind of a a one-sided conversation
0: right it's less of a broadcast and more of a conversation so exactly yeah so i was thinking about that today i was taking my power nap my Mm -hmm. (laughs) pre-recording power nap and i was thinking (laughs) what i want to talk about with galen today a couple things but one of them was like you've been part of marvel's agents of shield Mm -hmm. and boba fett and other things and and i have talked with like indie filmmakers and Mm -hmm. people all over the the spectrum and i just thought it might be interesting just to sort of talk about the differences and also maybe the similarities of just Mm. like different sets that you're on what do you feel is maybe some common traits of like sets that really work or ones that get you excited to be a part of the the creative process
1: yeah i mean i think it's always from the biggest to the smallest set i mean i think there is a when it works there really is um a a sense of collaboration when you're on bigger sets of course there's so many moving parts that it's kind of every the magnitude of one's contribution is kind of divided sometimes you don't always have the same impact but you or feel the same impact in the moment but when it all comes down to you know what part of you know what role do you play in telling the broader story be it you know some of the crazy horror films i've done to you know star wars and marvel we have huge overarching stories you know for an entire universe but it all comes down to that that moment that you're creating in that scene and kind of how can you create the, you know, the kind of the reality of that, regardless of, of the size of it, I think all the, the, you know, the directors that I've worked with, you know, really have that, that way of, you know, of acknowledging the actors in there and the role that they play and kind of how do you, how do you make that most impactful?
0: Awesome. When I think about the Marvel mm-hmm. part that you're a part of for um, Agents of Shield oh, where yeah. they're in that
1: It's like that the galactic underground casino. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's like there's some psychedelic elements to oh, it and yeah, really it was cool. like really yeah. like a lot of moving parts there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was that experience like? Is it totally scripted or is there room for some improvisation or anything you want?
1: To something play? like that. I mean, everything is so uh, there's so many moving parts there's really not as much room for improvisation or anything on the on the fly there's a lot there in the in the moment there's visual effects they they added in later and things like that you don't have a lot of room they set the scene they'll rehearse with their main crew with their principal actors then they'll they'll bring in you know the the background characters and then kind of just do, they'll do a few rehearsals, though, as with most sets, what they'll do is they'll have their, they'll do kind of their, their wide setups, their, you know, the, the, the you know, what they call the master shot, the scene in wide, you get the full action, and then they'll, they'll generally move into your close ups and, and insert shots of different, different things that they might cut away to, you know, things like that. It's so like you kind of have that. That sense of you go for the wide, the wide take. You go through the whole scene, and you know you you might play slightly bigger in the wide, and then a little smaller in the close up because you know closer it gets, the more the camera picks up. And yeah, like on on Agents of Shield, that was it was very cut and dry. But I mean the the set was very. Um, was very loose, you know, they, um, I mean, or, or very relaxed, I should say, you know, every, you know, they had full confidence in what everyone's doing. They don't want you to reinvent the wheel. They basically, especially with a, a part like that, they cast you based on what you gave in the audition. So they, nine times out of 10, they want you to just come in and do exactly that, you know, obviously you don't build the character as much as you can and be able to adjust in the moment if they have a different idea, things like that. Uh, one example of that I can give is on Boba Fett when I was when I was doing the scene, you know, and in that in that scene, it's when Boba Fett enters the uh, the city hall of um, of Mos Espa, and there's this kind of little little standoff between him and my character, who's a, the kind of, his secretary for the mayor. In the beginning, um, it was it was kind of scripted as. As me being a little more nervous, a little more kind of nervy and kind of taking in the gravity of the situation of, of him and his entire entourage squaring off with me. And then they kind of in the moment changed it to the kind of more deadpan delivery that you have. They kind of made him less nervy and more stone faced bureaucrat. And so it kind of gave a, li- gave a little more of more to work with there. And, and it, was, it was really fun of being able to find that moment with the entire crew. And then from there, they kind of let me not necessarily ad lib, but kind of hem and haw in character as I'm like scrolling for his name and things like that. They fleshed out a little bit of that and, you know, they kind of just let me kind of find those moments as I was going through the scene, so that was that was very cool. you know they trust in trust the actors to find the character and take those take those adjustments.
0: yeah, that seems like with the casting choices that they've made for some of the different interesting characters that have mm-hmm. come in, it's like, oh, they're bringing in comedic people and people that they I'm assuming they're saying like, oh, they're going to bring a little something extra." yeah to, to the roles and you know maybe bring something that we didn't expect i would assume right
1: yeah you kind of the casting kind of does the job for them in in many ways often you know a good director doesn't is kind of directing around the actor and lets the and lets the actor kind of bring what they bring casting them perfectly in the part is kind of kind of sets up everything else
0: you moved down to LA from the area I actually lived in for about 20 years, Davis, Sacramento area. And I actually did used to go to to B Street Theater and see shows there. Don't know if I saw you at any shows there, but you worked with Timothy Busfield, who um, my biggest relationship with him is knowing that at the cafe I worked at, Timothy <laughs> was a great tipper. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, and always a really nice. Really kind, like a uh, customer. Which at Weatherstone, those people really stood out. Cause
1: oh, for sure, <laughs> for sure. There were yeah. some
0: rough characters there, but
1: oh yeah, 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 no, no <laughs> doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I um, I did a couple shows. Yeah, at B Street, and um, was in their internship program for a spell, and yeah, worked with yeah his brother Buck, and you know a lot of the main their main stage members. But yeah, yeah, did a did a handful of theater in that area before moving to L.A.
0: And when you move down, you know, I see on your website it says character actor and I was kind of thinking, I was like, oh, you know, is that something people like early on decide like that's the kind of role I want? Obviously, mm-hmm. there's just so many wonderful character actors out there and more people are familiar with that term and like that um, documentary about that guy I think the guy
1: who was in that that guy who was in that that guy, that, who, was that that thing. That guy yeah. who was in
0: that thing and then right. there was actually a, that woman who was in that thing. That, or that, like that.
1: that yeah gal who that
0: gal that who was in that thing
1: yeah 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 both those are great those
0: yeah. are really great but what kind of goals did you have? You stepped off the bus with what, <laughs> right? <laughs> a pocket full of dreams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. What what were you thinking? Were there certain like um, actors or performers that you were thinking, oh, I'd love a career like theirs? Or yeah, what was going on in your head? Oh man, I
1: mean, there's I always you know generally would gravitate towards the actors who are you know the supporting actors or the actors who had that. Just that one killer scene that you can't that you can't forget, and that's always the kind of those are the kind of parts that I' gravitated towards. You have a number of actors who you know have been able to kind of. Shift into more character lead roles like Jack Nicholson and Jeff Bridges to a degree, and you know, people like that. But then you have all of these other characters who are just basically, you know, gun for hire and, you know, loved watching people like Steve Buscemi or um, Kevin Corrigan, is another great one, Um, Harry Dean Stanton to a degree, all of these incredible actors who can just. Kind of lend themselves to all of these. This is kind of array of different stories and different character trajectories. And so, yeah, that was that's always kind of how I saw myself. I I always kind of lended, you know, myself naturally to um, to comedy. You know, kind of naturally just fell into that, into those kind of roles. Even when I was doing theater and and some very independent films up in the, the northern area, a lot of that was comedic roles. You know, I was never. Never afraid of you know making myself look a fool, so those kind of things always came naturally. So I I definitely I definitely had that sense of you know those are the kind of parts I'm you know I don't have any any delusions of being a, of being a typical leading man. I was never I never felt like a typical leading man in my re- in my life. So why would it be different in in film and television? The real trick was getting even more specific. You you I knew the the general kind of roles I would play, the general kind of things, but then getting even more specific. And a lot of that is how you type yourself. You kind of really define your type of these are the kind of worlds I can inhabit. These are the kind of shows that I would play on, you know, that I would um would definitely go out for like, say, a breaking bad, but not necessarily like a grey's anatomy. And you kind of have to Imagine that for yourself of like, what kind of worlds do you inhabit? And then how do you market yourself to that those kind of roles and those kinds of jobs?
0: I remember the first couple of years of listening to podcasts, I felt like everybody I was listening to was talking about their audition process and Mm -hmm. the different attitudes of speaking of Breaking Bad, like. Cranston definitely had one attitude whereas a certain, you know, snarky comedian might have a different attitude or whatever. Right,
1: like, right. So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I'm
0: really curious about that like how do you these days and or you specifically put yourself out there and um get these roles?
1: I'm, you know, thankful to be have great representation, you know, from my agent manager and so they do the the majority of the submitting and the and building those relationships getting me in the rooms for the majority of the of film and television and then you know the, a lot of it is creating visibility on social media and other things so there's you, you create a familiarity so when your name is kind of floated you know of course it used to be you'd be one of one of 30 headshots smacked on their desk you know now it's just a bunch of flickering images on their uh, on their computer screen creating that familiarity so when your name comes up oh that's a that's a name and a face i can i can trust or you at the very least have enough about you in your image that it's like oh who's that i want to you know i want to bring that person in even if they can't place you it's like oh there's something about that that's intriguing familiar etc
0: yeah yeah i think about that too like i think that's how I process worlds as like, I think I process things like on a emotional, I want to have Galen on. Why? Well, I could sit down and write 10 reasons, but really it's just like, I'm getting a Galen vibe. I'm, I'm enjoying like watching you do your dances on, you know, <laughs> for people on their birthdays on Instagram. and Oh, and, right. You yes. Know, <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> just little <laughs> things that, yeah, that set
1: your presence. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. That you're fun. and. And also, like, I just I like to reach out to people that I think seem to be, you know, having an enjoyable life and a decent attitude. And, mm-hmm. you know, I talk about the vibrant visionary as being a compassionate, creative, fun, collaborative person. And and yeah, certainly people when they see you repetitively in different ways but gets a certain impact from how you are and who you might be to work with and the, the variety of projects yeah. you work on G- yeah that.
1: No, no i mean that, that's a key component you bring up is that you know because a lot of the audition is not just obviously is this person talented do they fit the part but also do i want to be on set with them for 12 hours at a time Is this someone I want to share the same space with, you know, and that's a huge part of that. And so how you come off on all formats on in your social media, in the, you know, in the audition room, in the interview, you know, everything. It's all of that is all kind of building that impression of is this someone I want to work with?
0: So another thing we talk about on the podcast a lot is like keeping ourselves sort of mentally healthy and not getting burnt out. How do you... Keep yourself feeling happy. Right. Beginning
1: with like like gratitude at any given time is so important. It's been difficult for me to, you know, kind of open myself up to that kind of thinking because I am I will confess I am I am naturally a, at rest kind of a cynic. I, I get a little snarky. I can get I can get a little grumbly and curmudgeonly about anything that's kind of new age wah wah kind of thinking but i think there is something there is something very important of realizing how 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 fortunate we are and how you know how lucky we are to be living each day and and to have all of the um to be alive for both the the triumphs and the failures the disappointments and to experience all of it and i try to fill my fill my time with as much awareness of that as possible and just to really kind of honor where I am at, at any given time and to be like, well, you know, I'm I'm just kind of overwhelmed today and I there's I can be useful for about these two things and that's it. And then let that be enough. And then the rest of the time it's like, well, you know, I, I let myself rest, I let myself eat that pasta, I let myself watch that movie, you know, and I just you know, there you know, that that, that kind of idea that, you know, you you are enough. You know, you woke up this morning and you're enough excusing everything that's out of your control and just kind of being being as much as you can be in that given moment.
0: Perfectly put. I couldn't put it any better myself. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's such a useful tool. And I think just sometimes now I just say gratitude because <laughs> it's <laughs> on um, Big Mouth. Have you watched Big Mouth? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. my gosh. To me, the ways that we can enjoy and share concepts like gratitude and to people in a way that is maybe more fun and palatable is something like the gratitude on on big mouth because you know that that show tackles so many things that you know as a kid if i was able to ever been able to see that to help that normalize your experience you know puberty and everything and and the fact that there's a gratitude on there is fantastic. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I
2: am the gratitude and I'm just so grateful to meet you. When I feel my lily pad sinking down into the muck, you know what I do? I think you're going to tell me. I try to think about all the things I'm grateful for. Makes me feel a little better. <laughs> um what are toads grateful for? Well, let's see. I'm grateful that my skin looks like a rock so my predators can't see me. Grateful for my predators. They make me want to jump higher. And all that jumping makes my tush look high and proud. Yeah, that's a nice butt. Oh, well, shoot, I'm grateful for the compliment. Now, come on now, your turn. What are you grateful for? No, I, I can't. It makes me feel weird and embarrassed. Well, gratitude does take practice. Like the maracas. Come on, Jesse. Gratitude, gratitude. What about you? Give it a go. Okay, um... This is stupid, but all I can think is that I'm grateful for Sour Patch Kids. Sour Patch Kids! Yummy! Love that chew. Love that tang. I like you. You're a good hang. (laughs) It feels nice just to be silly, doesn't it? What else you got? Okay, well, I'm... I'm grateful to feel a little less anxious than I did before. Yeah, that's the stuff. And I guess I'm also really grateful to be back in my old school. School is cool. Knowledge is power. You've got an attitude of gratitude. I'm grateful I met you, gratitude. And I'm grateful for your kind words.
0: Well, I think we've kind of, you know, touched on all the things I was sort of thinking about. I was... Fantastic. Yeah, it's been so awesome. I was wondering... What's going on? What? Where can people find you? Or are there projects that you've got on the horizon you'd like to share? Um, this yeah. is that time of the podcast.
1: Excellent. Uh, yeah. Well, you can uh, you can find me on Instagram um, at Galen Howard. I'm in a, an independent film uh, that's coming out you know, at end of February called Moon Manor. That's about living life and death fully and uh, and presently. And it's just a gorgeous little movie and it'll be available and uh, have a short theatrical run starting February 25th and then be available on, on VOD and all other platforms. And so definitely check that out. So I'm really proud to be a part of that film.
0: Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks so much. It was just an absolute pleasure talking with you and have a great rest of your February, March and life. <laughs> It's the same, of course. Yeah, <laughs> nice. thank you. Oh, and one more thing about Galen. I was going through his vast IMDb. And I knew we had some connections in common in the Sacramento area. And I realized he's been in a couple of really great, low budge, high quality B flicks by my friends. Christy Savage and Darren Wood out of the Sacramento area. Badass Monster Killer and Monster from Bikini Beach. These are so fun. So check them out. I think you can find them on Tubi. And, uh, but just look around for those. If you love campy, B-flick type films, these are really, really great. And uh, yeah, produced out of Sacramento. So just wanted to throw that in there as well. All right, that wraps up another episode of Vibrant Visionaries. I love talking with Galen. I've got more interviews coming up also some of those AMAs that I've been doing, subscribe to the podcast at vibrantvisionaries.com. Thank you to David Smith for doing fantastic editing on today's ep. Thanks again to Galen for being on the pod, and ciao for now!